This episode is brought to you by my MySer tracking spreadsheet. You've heard me speak about the importance of tithing, and this time of year, the month of Elul is perfect for accounting, not just spiritual. We want to make sure that we fulfilled our obligation of tithing. As fiduciary agents of God's money, we want to close our year with the books in order. Why? Because we're about to enter a new year in which God decides again how much bounty he will provide us with. And that provision depends to a large extent on how good of a financial manager we've been. So if you've been wanting to commit to this mitzvah of ma'aser or tithing, one for which God guarantees wealth, I've created a simple MySer tracking spreadsheet or tithe tracker so that you do your tracking for this past year and close the books with accuracy and or start your new year fully committed to tracking your MySer accurately and diligently. Download your free MySer tracking spreadsheet at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash tithe tracker. That's jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash tithe tracker. Hey guys, this is Yael. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Welcome to another mini-sode. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. I want to give you a boost of inspiration, of confidence, of trust, of momentum. I want to be with you every weekday, and I'd love to hear what you think of these mini-sodes. This whole week, when you listen to these, can you do me a huge favor? Leave a review on your iTunes app, take a screenshot, and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me, or send that screenshot to yael at jewishlatinprincess.com. Every single one of you who submits a review and sends it via Instagram stories or email will be getting a Starbucks gift card and a link for us to get together for 20 minutes and chat. Yeah, we can even have our coffee together. I hope you enjoy this mini-sode. Fifth day of Elo Creation of the World. Super special day. Welcome, everyone. I said last week that I'd do a mini sode on tithing on my sir. As you know, I've created a tithe tracking spreadsheet for you, free to download at jewishlatinprinces.com tithe tracker. So let's dive in. What is my sir, or more specifically, my sir kasafim? The word my sir comes from the Hebrew word eser, 10, so it means a tenth, it means 10. Kasafim comes from the word kesef, which means money. So a tenth of your money you will give to charity, right? And this is a mitzvah, Doraita, from this Torah that, well, in its origins refers to or agricultural products. It extends to our money as well, and it has for thousands of years. We have evidence in the Torah of tithing, even as far as the patriarchs, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Jacob, um, Yaakov, which perhaps we'll cover on another day. The Talmud tells us, Aser bishvil shetita shared. Give a tenth in order that you will become wealthy. So it is a mitzvah for which God promises a great reward, wealth. It says in the book of Malachi, the prophet Malachi, the last Jewish prophet, chapter 10, verse, I mean, chapter 3, verse 10, that God says, bring the tithes into the storehouse and please test me on this that I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour forth blessings upon you. And indeed, anybody who tithes properly has seen these blessings, not in an abstract form, like 
number dollars and cents material blessings. So I want to tell you a few stories, one from contemporary times and maybe a few from the Talmud that will hopefully inspire you to take on this mitzvah um, and fulfill it to the best of your abilities. The first story is about Mr. Bernard Hochstein, a blessed memory. Uh, Mr. Bernard, let's call him Bernard for East. He was an immigrant who was able to escape Europe in 1939 and he founded a multi-million uh, manufacturing um, comp company. Um, it was called Mastercraft Pipes. He manufactured high-end pipes and distributed them all over the United States. And it is said that Mr. Bernard, who not only built this multi-million dollar business, but a huge philanthropic enterprise, lived by this verse in Malachi that I just quoted. He talked once about the secret of his wealth, and he said, after my bar mitzvah, I gave meiser, and that was a strict habit all my life. When I make a pledge, I right away make a check. There was a time that I lost money during the Depression, and I still continued to tithe to meiser, and then it all came back. So we see an interesting approach here that Mr. Bernard um, took throughout his life, and as well as many other people, some of whom I know, um, and that is to not even wait until they've earned the money and then separate the 10% for charity. They are so confident in God's promise and God's guarantee that they will get, they're so confident that they will get 10 times their money back that they will give ahead of time. So Mr. Bernard really firmly believed that God Almighty will pay him back, so to speak, as long as he gave charity generously and consistently. And it was so black and white for him that he tracked his earnings commensurate with his charity giving. And again, all of this has been recorded and said numerous times by his family members. There's a story told by one of his sons who recalls a time when he was sitting in his father's office as he wrote a check to an institution for $18,000. In the midst of making the, out the check, the phone rang and it was his investment broker calling. I wanted to let you know, Bernard, that you just earned $182,500. And he was referring to a specific stock investment. Mr. Bernard was unsurprised because for him it was a common occurrence. He would give ahead of time and then earn 10 times back. But what did strike him as odd is that it was more than 10x the amount, right? He had only given 18,000 but he had made 182,500. So the donation for 18,000 would perfectly explain the sub subsequent and consequent gain of 180,000. But where did the 2,500 come from? He did not need to wonder long. His son says a moment later, his wife Miriam, who was a partner in all his endeavors and charitable giving came into the room and told Mr. Bernard, that she just written out a check for $250 for someone in need. So there it is, 10x, that's 2,500. So there is a, here's a story of contemporary times and, you know, showing the commitment to this mitzvah and the complete and absolute trust in the word of God, right? But let me take you back in time a little bit and tell you other stories that illustrate the importance of um, specificity or accuracy in Meiser. The Talmud relates that, well, the Talmud relates numerous stories um, showing how those who are strict about Meiser become wealthy and those who are not lose their wealth in some shape or form. And 
Also that there's nothing random. This is important for us to understand. There's nothing random about the gains or the losses. The math is quite, quite precise as we just saw from Mr. Bernard's story. Rabbi Gamliel used to warn, and this is in Pirkei Avos, that do not tithe by guesswork. Right? Don't guess. Don't estimate. And and that's such good advice because the truth is, if we we've just estimate, you know, we all know how to spend our money. If we just like kind of like, we'll spend it in other things. You know, forget that it'll go. Some will go to savings and investments. Right? We definitely know how to spend money. Right? We might not end up being uh, precise with our ten percent. Right? Um, I will say that most of us overestimate how much we give and similarly we tend to underestimate how much we spend and when we do the math we might shockingly realize that we don't even come close to the 10 percent of our annual income so be very mindful of this because just just assuming that well i pay thousands of dollars in you know my synagogue's um, membership fees and i sent money to federation and to my local jcc and blah 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 i surely overgive do the math um, often we're surprised. Often I've found that we get close to five, maybe 6% of our income. And so again, this is very, very precise. This investment, this charitable investment presupposes a 90-10 partnership with God, the source of all money. Um, throughout this partnership, what, what happens is we get 90% and God gets 10, right? And that 90% is a security backed by God himself. He says, what did I tell you before? Test me on this. In fact, it's the only mitzvah in which we're allowed to test God, right? So talk about sure gains. Now, here's the caveat that I'm building up towards, okay? There's a caveat. That is that the moment we skirt our obligation as wealth managers, so to speak, the roles of that partnership swap. Now, our partner, God, keeps 90%. And we get 10%. And this is explained in the Talmud. It explains that when we don't tithe the income that God gives us, we will receive just the tithe. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to take that risk, right? Like, Swan is a sure investment. This not following that, um, you know, assumes that I'm taking a huge risk. The Talmud tells us the story of a rich man who owned a field. And this field produced a thousand core. Think of it as a measuring, it's a measurement and think of it as tons. Okay. So it produced a thousand core annually. Okay. So every year following the Torah's precept of tithing, this man separated a hundred core as tithes. Okay. Now upon his deathbed, he is now, um, you know, passing everything on to his heir. He called his son to give him final instructions. And he said, My son, I want you to know that this field I'm giving you for inheritance yields a thousand core every year. Make sure that you will separate a hundred core as I did throughout my lifetime. And then the rich man passed away. Now his son was the owner of the field and just as his father told him, it yielded a thousand core. So the son very dutifully, now he's turned into a businessman, right? He separated a hundred core. Now the second year, however, the tithe started feeling a little burdensome, like, oh, it's too much, he thought to himself, and he didn't tithe. To his dismay, the next year, the field produced only a hundred core. So, mistakenly, obviously, he assumed, he thought that he'd been saving himself money, but that 
that that's not what happened, right? And we can make that assumption too, right? Oh, this is so much. Like, really? It's so painful. Do I have to do? Let me just save myself some money. No, we've actually, we're actually losing money, right? We make a fatal mistake. And such was also the mistake made by people in the times of Reb Pinchas Ben Yair. There's a story that farmers were really dumbfounded as to a mysterious appearance, uh, infestation, I should say, of mice, yuck, that was eating away their produce. And so the farmers went to Rabbi Pinchas Ben Yair about, uh, asking about the problem, and so he called a meeting of the mice. This man, like King Solomon, understood the language of animals, and here's what happened. He asked them, why do you steal the grain? And they confidently said, we're not stealing the grain. We are free to take the grain as the farmers did not tithe their harvest. Now, the 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 farmers were like, we, we did, we tithe the harvest. And so Rabbi Pinchas Ben Yair said, are you sure that you gave as much as you were supposed to? Or did you just estimate? Did you just guess? And of course, the farmers then admitted that they had been just like kind of like winging it and estimating that they hadn't been as careful as they should. And soon as they became careful to tithe properly, the mice infestation disappeared. So we don't want mice, right? We want, it's like the mice or the mice, right? Mice aside, really, years of experience have taught me that God has infinite ways to make money come into our lives and also out of it, right? So it's important for us to be aware of that. The Mishnah tells us that Miser is a fence because really giving Miser protects our wealth. That, that's what it does. And so the good news here, and hopefully these stories are starting to, you know, kind of bring lessons home for you, but, but I want to make it really practical. And the good news is that once you get it, once you understand the financial implications, implementing this system to protect your wealth and ensure these returns is really simple. It's not that complicated. And aside from the fact that it, you know, you're just, you're having a relationship with God and all the things that, you know, keeping a mitzvah imply, okay. But on a very practical level, here are some simple steps that you can take. Number one, open a separate bank account. Okay. Said it before, super important. I think it's one of the most important steps so that you can avoid any mistakes, have a separate bank account, make sure that is no fees for transferring no, um, no low balance fees. And what this will do is it'll make it so much easier to make transfers um, from your account where you receive your income into this Meister account and then out of there to the people who need the money, who you're going to be deploying the money to. So number two, you're going to make those transfers, right? And now we automatically want to hopefully automatically make the transfers from the income account into the MISER account, or if we have to, we'll do it manually also. We'll transfer that 10% of our after-tax earnings into that account without fail. Number three, we're going to give regularly, right? Now, every two weeks, every month, whenever you sit down with your money, you will, or whenever something comes up, somebody texts you, something comes up, you just go into that account and you will empty it out. You will send the money to those in need. And you'll love doing this, right? Um, and now you'll pretty much always be in a position to gift, regardless of how much you're earning. There's always going to be something, there's, the tithe is always going to be available because you're always tithing. So, And there's no better way to feel rich, right, than, than when we give. And of course, you can sort of borrow against it, right? You could also, like Mr. Bernard, you can also give ahead of time. 
Um, and then you'll see that it comes back to you. But, um, but the, the point is to give regularly. And to help you with this, this is step number four, we want to have a spreadsheet. Now, I know this is sort of optional, but I, I almost don't want to say it's optional anymore. Like I think it really, um, if you want to be extra organized and, and again, have really, if you have the approach of Mr. Bernard, you really should have, do it like this because that way you'll see it so clearly. But I, I think really keeping a spreadsheet with one column for earnings and one for donations, which you update regularly and then you balance it out will make it all much easier, especially the next steps, step number five. And I've made one for you that you can tweak. You'll save into your Google Drive or you'll save into your computer as an Excel spreadsheet and then you can adjust it. I have examples there. You don't have to use it exactly like I'm using it, but at least it gives you a starting point, okay? And so you can download that at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash tithe tracker. So what this will do is we'll actually make this step number five much easier, and that is to make an annual accounting, which is sort of what I'm encouraging to do right now before Rosh Hashanah. However, you have to decide ahead of time if you will do your accounting based on the fiscal year or the Hebrew year, right? Either way, right before the end of the year that you've established, you want to calculate your entire earnings for the year and your giving. And you want to make sure that the giving added up exactly to the 10% of your after-tax income for the year. In the event that you owe, quote-unquote, owe MICER, then you're going to send that amount to charity right away, and that way you balance the books for the year. If you overgave, then I would say smile <laughs> and, and discuss with an expert in Jewish law with a Rav how to account for this, okay? Which brings me to step number six, which is find a Rav. Find a Rav whom you can ask any miser questions to because everyone's financial situation is different and you'll have, you'll have questions along the way, um, especially when we're making income from different sources, right? So you want to make sure that you're doing this properly and with accuracy. And so the importance of having a Rav whom we can, an expert in Jewish law who can guide us through this um, cannot be overstated enough. So do that. And I really hope that this was helpful. I hope the story inspired you. And I hope you found also the practical steps helpful. Again, you can download that at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash tithe tracker. And hopefully you'll take this on in this new year. And may God grant you much abundance in wealth, in health, and in joy and happiness. See you later. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. Please leave a review on iTunes and share the screenshot on your Instagram stories tagging me or via email. I hope this was uplifting, refreshing, and to see you here tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.